This is the show all about the southeast of these United States. I'm John Rawl. They call me the general of the the south, actually. Uh, did you realize I'd been promoted to that title? Yeah, I am the general of all things southern, and let me welcome you in. Perhaps you can rival me. You know, we got room for more than one general in the south, so come on and get your star alongside me, and you'll get that star As we go through this exciting show, we've got headlines from across the southeast that we're going to walk through here momentarily. We've got sports updates and more, baseball, football, both NFL and college pigskin talk to get to. We've got an ACC report to tell you about. We'll walk through what's going on on the gridiron for the Atlantic Coast Conference this weekend. And we'll also give you a tease about something ACC-related that we're going to talk about in hour number two of today's Y'all Show. Before this hour is in the books, Melissa Rhodes is going to be filing a Southern accent on good old Southern culture. That's coming up here in hour one. Hour two today, we're going to kick off the fun with some entertainment news from both California and a place called Nashville. That's ahead hour two. Hour two also, we're going to get our barbecue barrister back in the saddle as Matt Hermans is going to come on and he's going to talk about barbecue and football and he's going to do it in a way that we've never done. We're going to actually intertwine the two like we've not done before and he will be on an hour number two. He also will walk us through all the goings on with the Big 12 Conference when he stops by on today's Y'all Show second hour. We have another report of what's going on in terms of book sales courtesy of the new york times bestsellers we'll file that book report hour two hour three today we've got more sports news and notes to pass along we will have a southern political report oh they're back at it in dc and i'll let you know the latest of what's going on between those republicans and those democrats plus we'll also talk more headlines and hour number three. That's a very, very full menu, don't you think? And it's going to be my job to serve up that menu and give you every single thing on there, from the appetizers to the dessert. Maybe that's your favorite part of the menu. <laughs> hey, I'm all for that. Hey, thank you again for tuning us in on great radio stations. Thank you also for tuning us in on various podcast apps. We're on the iHeart app. We're on the TuneIn Radio app. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. And we're on the Apple Podcast apps. And chances are we're found wherever you find your podcast. All you've got to do is search for Y'all Show on whatever device you use or whatever app you use for podcasts. And you should find us. And if you don't, please do me a small favor. Please email me. And that's mail, M-A-I-L, mail at Y-A-L-L dot com. And just simply tell me what podcast outlet that you go to that you can't find the Y'all Show. And we'll try to file our grievance with that particular podcast app and we'll try to get on that's how we got on spotify someone said hey you're not on spotify and i said well what is spotify i've heard of it but is it really that big of a deal and come to find out it is a very big deal and people listen and subscribe to spotify for podcasts but for music as well and we're on that bad boy you just got to search for the y'all show and we're available every time we put a podcast up you can listen to it 
Our website is yall.com. It's y'all.com, the South's homepage. And we've got some fantastic stuff up there right now for you to peruse. And we will have more exciting Southern stuff coming your way soon. So please give that a spin, if you will, y'all.com. And don't forget, y'all.com is also on Facebook. Go to our Facebook page. When it works, how about that outage this week? You know, I know we're not a perfect show here. We try our darndest, but we're not perfect, and we're a very small operation. How in the world could Facebook, one of the most successful companies in the entire world, with one of the most wealthy guys in the entire world, go down like it did earlier this week? That is just head-scratching. Oh, Mr. Zuckerberg, what is going on with your company? Are you too worried about all the wokeness to keep a power bill paid? Maybe that was what happened there. I don't know what happened. I don't know if we'll really ever know. And if we do know, I don't know if we can trust Facebook. But for about six hours earlier this week, some of y'all probably didn't know what to do. You thought the sky was falling when you didn't have your Facebook and you couldn't spy on all your neighbors and all the people you go get uh, your haircut with or you go to church with or you play ball with. Yeah, or maybe you were spying on your old lovers and you use Facebook for that and you couldn't do it for that six, seven, eight hour period. Uh, we'll make it through. But when Facebook does work, go check out y'all.com, our Facebook page there, and please subscribe, like, follow, whatever the choices are there. Please do us a small favor and simply keep the Y'all Show as part of your Facebook routine. Let's dive into the headlines of the Southeast here as we begin this first hour of the Y'all Show. Sadly, Another law enforcement official has lost their life in the line of duty. A sergeant in Sheffield, Alabama, Nick Risner, a 40-year-old, died at Huntsville Hospital this week. This sergeant shot in in the line of duty. Another officer wounded and a sad story to report from North Alabama. Sheffield is in the Muscle Shoals area of Alabama in northwest Alabama is where you'll find it. And this Alabama police officer shot in a recent confrontation with a gunman. And that gunman also, again, wounding another officer. This officer, Risner, died Saturday from his injuries. And the other officer taken to Huntsville for treatment. We wish him all the best. The chief of the Sheffield Police Department is Ricky Terry in a statement Chief Terry said, we would like to thank the community and everyone who has prayed for Sergeant Risner, his family, and the Sheffield Police Department during this time. Authorities at a news conference over the weekend said that officers were shot after events that began when 41-year-old Brian Lansing Martin of Sheffield, he shot and pushed an individual out of a vehicle in Muscle Shoals in northwest Alabama. That person has not been identified as of yet. After abandoning abandoning his victim, the man then stole another vehicle. Police said their officers spotted the vehicle and chased Martin back into Muscle Shoals behind a Walmart there. Martin and law enforcement officers from multiple agencies exchanged gunfire, and during that confrontation, both Risner and Sheffield Police Lieutenant Max Dotson were shot. Dotson was protected from severe injury by his vest, but was treated and released from a hospital. 
Risner was shot through the windshield of his vehicle. Horrible, horrible story there from Alabama. Mm, Just an unfortunate loss of life. And this marks the second time in a few days we've seen law enforcement officials killed in the line of duty in the South, specifically in the Alabama-slash-Tennessee area as we had a Memphis police officer die the same 24-hour period as Sergeant Risner as he died after he was struck by a 18-wheeler on Interstate 40. Our hearts are certainly with the Sheffield, Alabama Police Department as we remember the great sacrifice and the unfortunate death of 40-year-old Sheffield, Alabama Police Sergeant Nick Risner. Other stories from across the southeast. The governor of Texas has to make a decision after a board below him, the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles, has unanimously recommended to Greg Abbott that he approve a request to give George Floyd a posthumous pardon for a drug arrest from back in 2004. Now, we know George Floyd, a guy who grew up in the Houston area, a guy that was killed in Minnesota in 2020. We know that he had a checkered past, and in that past includes an arrest in 2004. As he was arrested in that year by Officer Gerald Goins and accused of selling $10 worth of crack in a police sting, Floyd later pleaded guilty to a drug charge and was sentenced to 10 months in a Texas jail. The reason this is being brought up before the parole or this board and ultimately going to go before Governor Abbott is because this police officer in Houston is accused of senseless or or illegal reporting of his people he was arresting. His casework's been under scrutiny following a deadly 2019 drug raid that he led, and it resulted in the deaths of two people. And he's no longer on the Houston police force, and he's facing two counts of felony murder as well as other charges in state and federal court over this botched raid. Prosecutors alleged that the former officer lied to obtain a search warrant to search that couple's home of which both were killed in this police sting There's more than 160 drug convictions tied to former officer Goins and have been dismissed in recent months and years by prosecutors. So maybe there's a chance that George Floyd, although posthumous, will get a pardon for this 2004 drug arrest. And it's now gone through the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles, a seven-member committee. And I can't imagine Greg Abbott would turn it down because, first of all, it's a posthumous pardon. It really doesn't mean all that much. But what a nasty, evidently nasty, bad police officer that there was there in Houston. And that, unfortunately, is a stain on all law enforcement. We know with any profession, most people are perfectly great people and do no harm. But there's a bad apple in every batch. And it looks like that could be the case coming out of Houston, Texas. Let's take you across the Red River into Oklahoma, where a judge has blocked two abortion laws, but has allowed three others to proceed. 
District Judge Cindy Trong said she would allow three other anti-abortion laws to take effect on November 1st, but she shut down two new anti-abortion laws from taking effect on November 1st. And those laws included a measure similar to Texas's abortion ban that effectively bans abortions about six weeks after pregnancy. And again, this a conflicting ruling coming out of Oklahoma City. And again, this is a district judge in that state making this ruling earlier this week, blocking two new anti-abortion laws as Oklahoma, similar to a lot of other southern states, are jumping in, mimicking what Texas has done in a ruling that the Supreme Court has backed and it has allowed the Texas abortion ban to go into effect. Of course, there's a lot of strategizing. There's a lot of legal procedures to try to stop it. Ultimately, even though the Supreme Court has said what they've said about it, many think Roe versus Wade will be tried again, perhaps overturned. And this judge weighing in, at least on an Oklahoma standpoint, on some abortion-related legislation this week. How about a fight between Mississippi and Tennessee? And it's not the kind of fight that you're going to see on a football field. It's a fight that's going to play out in court at the highest court of the land, the United States Supreme Court, as the Supreme Court opened its fall session earlier this week and justices back in the courtroom for the first time since the coronavirus started. All justices there, minus Brett Kavanaugh, he's been kind of sitting out because he tested positive for COVID-19 last week. And oral arguments began Monday in a case called Mississippi v. Tennessee, and it's a fight over interstate groundwater. This case comes down to a dispute over groundwater between these two states. In 2014, the state of Mississippi filed a complaint saying a city of Memphis pumping, pumping station took over $252 billion, with a B, $252 billion gallons of groundwater from Mississippi, and Mississippi claims that violated its sovereignty. We might have a civil war between Tennessee and Mississippi. You might see people standing on one side of, what is it, State Line Road in DeSoto County, ready to go against the others on the south side. You might see towns on the border. You might see Michigan City going up against Grand Junction and people really laying into it. I'm not aware of any town in these two states that truly has a town on both sides of the border, similar to Ardmore, which is in both Alabama and Tennessee. I don't think there's a single town or community that straddles the border, like truly straddles the border. Although you can make a case, Olive Branch and and the city of Memphis kind of bleed in together, but they're two different cities. So this is, again, going on in the Supreme Court right now. The groundwater in question, part of an aquifer, that spans a number of states in the region. The Mississippi legal team argued Tennessee is impacting the groundwater in its territory, and in return, Mississippi wants hundreds of millions of dollars in relief. We'll find out what happens again in this case of Mississippi v. Tennessee. And if they don't figure it out in the courtroom in the next few days, hey, good news. I think it's next weekend. Mississippi v. Tennessee takes place at Neyland Stadium when a team called the University of Mississippi 
takes on a little football team called the University of Tennessee. Keeping our headlines in the volunteer state, specifically in the Memphis area, Kroger has announced it will donate a million dollars to the victims of the September mass shooting that happened at a Kroger store in Collierville. That's on the eastern end of Shelby County, where Memphis is located. And this fund has been established to benefit those affected directly by the Collierville-Kroger shooting. As Kroger donating this money to the Collierville Survivors Fund, which has established by the Community Foundation of Greater Memphis, Kroger's Delta Division, and the National Compassion Fund. Victor Smith is president of Kroger's Delta Division, and he put out a statement saying, We care deeply about our associates, customers, and the Collierville community, and that's why we're seeding the fund with a million-dollar donation from the Kroger Company Foundation. We're committed to helping those impacted by this heartbreaking tragedy grieve and heal. One person was killed in the store, Olivia King, as a man went on a, a an unfortunate spree of shooting and wounded about 12 or 13 people and killed Olivia King, and then he took his own life. And this fund is going to help the family of Olivia King, who lost her life. It's also going to the survivors, and it's also going to those who got shot, and it's also going to those who were just in the store and may have experienced psychological trauma. The Collierville Survivors Fund will also accept and jointly distribute money raised through the GoFundMe campaign created by Victims First, along with funds donated to the Collierville Kroger Victim Relief Fund through the website campaign CollierVilleTNStrong.com. You can also make tax-deductible donations if you want to add to this fund. You go to the website NationalCompassion.org. Sad story again, but uh, again, as I said it when this happened, a little bit maybe as bad as it was to have an innocent person die, over a dozen people got shot, and it looks like, hopefully, all will be able to get out and live, hopefully, full lives and survive this tragedy. That's a, That appears to be the case. We sure hope and help give money to Collierville, Tennessee, if you're able to. Last up in our headlines across the southeast today, a woman in Virginia is accused of stealing an SUV that had five kids inside of it. (laughs) This woman, again, accused of doing this, and she did it in Currituck, North Carolina, in in that county. The Currituck County, North Carolina Sheriff's Office said in a release that the SUV driver stopped and got out to assist after witnessing the crash on U.S. Highway 158, and this happened in Grandy, North Carolina, on Sunday, one of the drivers involved in the crash got out of their car, jumped into an SUV, and drove off with children inside of it. Luckily, deputies chased the SUV down to a convenience store where deputies apprehended the suspect after she got out of the vehicle and ran. The children described as extremely shaken but not harmed. That's good news. Charges filed against Markel Hancocks, a Chesapeake, Virginia resident, and that includes five counts of second-degree kidnapping. Hancocks jailed on a $210,000 bond and, again, accused of stealing an SUV after her car. Let's see, this woman accused of stealing an SUV with five kids after 
the driver had stopped to help her following a multi-car crash. Something, something ain't right with this Virginia woman. Maybe it's just crossing that state line into North Carolina made her go a little bit out of her mind, if you gather what I'm saying. We are the Y'all Show. We talk about all things Southern, and we will continue that fun after the break. We've got an update on some Southern sports headlines of the day. Later in the hour, we've got an ACC report. All that right here on Talk with a Southern Accent. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. That's how you can text us any old time here on the show that covers everything Southern. We now cover the South with a little sports headlines. John Rawl back here on Y'all. And we start off with maybe one of the biggest stories of the week in the South. And I always tread lightly when I start talking about NASCAR. But NASCAR got a lot of coverage Monday when Bubba Wallace, the Mobile, Alabama native in his home state, captured the NASCAR, I guess it's called playoff, if you will, that happened at NASCAR. This was supposed to be a Sunday race. It got pushed into Monday because of weather. And it was because of weather that Bubba Wallace picked up his first NASCAR race. And Bubba Wallace becomes the second black driver to ever win a NASCAR race. Congratulations, Bubba Wallace. Of course, this victory happened right there at Talladega in East Alabama in his home state. And it's the same track, the same facility that Bubba Wallace created all kinds of controversy just last year when he claimed a noose was left for him in his garage there at Talladega Super Speedway. And the FBI had to come in. The FBI, as if they don't have better things to be doing, had to come investigate. And after probably millions of dollars spent and multiple FBI agents had to go all the way to Alabama, they discovered it wasn't even a noose. It was essentially a garage door knot to help pull down the garage door. Super sensitive Bubba Wallace created one heck of a controversy 
that should not have been a controversy at the time. And he came. He, he would also come out to support Black Lives Matter. He would be against the Confederate flag, of which many, many, especially in Talladega, many fans love their Confederate flag. And that's their right. And he knew what he was getting into when he became a NASCAR driver. You're probably not going to see a lot of Confederate flags being flown at NBA games. But at NASCAR, they fly just about anything. And they do just about anything. At least on the, on the, out, uh, the exterior of these racetracks. I don't think NASCAR is going to let you do anything that they don't approve of in the midfield or infield or whatever it's called of a, of a racetrack. But he had to come make a big deal out of that. And I think NASCAR folded and and uh, they 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 he became the Colin Kaepernick, if you will, of NASCAR. Well, he won, and we congratulate him on that. He won fair and square, or was it? Now, I will be the first to admit, I don't follow NASCAR that closely. This has nothing to do with his race. But I'm going to pick on him because I saw the video of what happened and how he won. And essentially, when the NASCAR drivers, which it again had to push this thing back into Monday because of weather-related issues there in East Alabama, a rainstorm started and he had to get off the track. He was leading at the time that they had to get off the wet track. And there's video of him essentially pulling for more rain to come. This guy didn't want he did not want to go back out there and race because he knew if the race got called, he would be the winner. And that is exactly what ha- happened. My big problem was from what I understand, they only waited about 45 minutes, NASCAR officials, to call the race. And that is a very, very, in my opinion, a very small amount of time to ultimately make the decision to call off the race. Now, I didn't see the whole race. I just saw highlights afterward. I could be completely wrong about this. But I know what I saw. I saw him out there cheering for more rain or the rain to keep going so that they would call off the race and he won. What kind of person wants to win their – I mean, I know it's got to be tough to be a race car driver. You're one of 40 – what is it, 42 drivers out there, maybe 44 in a NASCAR race, and you're going to do everything you can to win, and it's certainly legal to win in a race where the thing gets shortened. But – I know similar to golf, yes, you can win a golf tournament after two or or three rounds maybe. I know after three, but maybe even after two if the weather just will not allow you to get back out there and play. No golfer wants to win a tournament and not play the full four rounds. It's, It's almost like it's got a big old asterisk when you win in a shortened golf tournament, and in this case a shortened NASCAR race. So this guy was rooting for rain. And in the end, after, in my opinion, again, a not necessarily lengthy rain delay, they went ahead and declared him the champion. Now, I went and looked up what exactly is a typical NASCAR rain delay. 
According to fansided.com and their, I'm sure, extreme research team, they say that often a NASCAR race that has inclement weather will end up having rain delays that last several hours. And I think, again, the clock said that this one was only like a 45-minute delay. And so although they're very common, rain delays in NASCAR, it's very uncommon, I think, for this one to be called like it was within an hour, within one hour. Races before have sometimes been delayed so long that the race wasn't picked up until after midnight and the race was not finished until the middle of the night. That's happened numerous times. And there was no tropical storm passing through Alabama in the last few days. So whatever the system was, it would definitely have passed on through given another hour or two. There is a a speculation by some that this was intentional, that NASCAR intentionally went ahead and declared this thing early. I think the term would be rigged. Some are saying NASCAR rigged this race after the delay started to go ahead and make him a winner because Bubba Watson had raced 143 times before and had never won before. And finally, all because of a rain delay, and I'm not saying he still would not have won the race, but it sure helps when NASCAR doesn't give it an extended option for the rain to pass by and they go out there and dry the track out. Wallace becomes the first black driver to win at NASCAR's highest level since Wendell Scott won in Jacksonville in 1963. So a historic day. By the way, when Scott won, he was actually not declared the victor until several months. And in fact, just a just two months ago, NASCAR presented Wendell Scott's family with a trophy from his 1963 win. So it, it does show endurance And to Bubba Wallace's credit, to any NASCAR driver's credit, it takes guts to get behind a steering wheel of a car going 100-plus miles an hour. I guess they go go close to 200 miles per hour. Yeah. Uh, So to his credit, he was out there brave enough to race, and he gets the the checkered flag, if you will, even though there really wasn't a checkered flag since it was a rain delay. At Talladega, the NASCAR postseason continues on, and we'll let you know when a winner is crowned. But that was big news for Bubba Wallace to walk away, a champ. Let's move over to the NFL. The Urban Meyer saga continues. (laughs) The owner of the Jags is Shad Khan, and he says Urban Meyer must regain our trust and respect after what he calls inexcusable conduct. We now have seen multiple videos of Urban Meyer come out of him and his club in Columbus, Ohio. He went there after the Jags lost on Thursday night football to Cincinnati. He didn't fly back to Jacksonville with the team. He decided instead to go up to Columbus, where he had been once the head coach of Ohio State. And he's also got his own restaurant there in Columbus. And he decided to go see his grandkids. And somewhere along the way, he decided to stop by his restaurant and hang out there on Friday evening. And that's the mistake he made because 
a nice, beautiful blonde lady, did I say young, beautiful blonde lady, decided to pay him a visit, start rubbing up on him, and video shows Urban Meyer having a good time with this woman. And more videos have come out. It's not a good situation. And this story could change any second now. And with the world we live in and the fact that his Jacksonville Jaguars have not won a game, don't be surprised if it hasn't happened already that the owner of the Jags, Shad Khan, goes and buries the hatchet on his football coach. This is likely, uh, he might be checking with lawyers as we speak. This could be another Hugh Freeze type deal at the University of Mississippi. He might have calls to fire Urban Meyer and not pay him some big settlement. Urban has apologized. That might not be the best thing to do. He's apologized. I would say the word would be profusely at this point. But the videos are very, very damaging. And I feel sorry for him. One of the latest videos to come out takes it even to a level that just, oh, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. And look, you haven't won a game as a head coach in the NFL. This could be Shad Khan's answer to a prayer. <laughs> Not even 25% into the new season. Let's move on to another NFL franchise located in the South. The Carolina Panthers are hopeful Christian McCaffrey can get back on the field when the team plays at Bank of America Stadium at 1 Eastern on Sunday. McCaffrey ended up missing the game against Dallas, a game of which the Carolina Panthers lost to Dallas 36-28. You had the guy who had played at Oklahoma State come in and run the ball for the Panthers, the Chuba Hubbard, the rookie, comes in and, and, and does a fine job, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. So is McCaffrey going to be eligible? Matt Rule says the decision will be made today, whether he can suit up against the Eagles. And if the Carolina Panthers have him, they could be a much, much better team and more likely to push their record to 4-1. and one. Right now they sit at 3-1 and one after – Almost 25% of the season has come to a position of which we are today. We've got more college sports to talk about here on the Y'all Show in terms of the SEC. We're going to do that. We're going to push that back until I think the third hour is where our first chance to squeeze that SEC news in. We'll do that. But you know what? We're going to take a break now because when we come back, we've got some ACC goings on. We'll fill you in on what happened Last week in Atlantic Coast Conference football, what's what's ahead this week and any other goings-on in the conference, yours truly will tell you all about it. All that on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure. Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath. Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed.
How about you who's? Virginia picks up a big, thrilling win last week in ACC play. I'm John Rawl. We're back on the show that covers everything Southern, including lots of college football talk from across the Southeast. And here at this spot of the week, we have a chance to walk through the fun of the Atlantic Coast Conference and the Who's in their win at Miami last week. If you haven't had a chance to see that closing two or three minutes of that one, well worth it. It's also, let me go ahead and give a shameless plug, even though I have no reason to do this. Love me some ESPN Plus. For about seven or eight dollars a month, you can have a subscription to that. And there are so many football games, of course, other sports too, but from a college football standpoint, they've got games from all levels of football. FCS, just about every conference of FBS is on there, including ACC. If you live in an area where the ACC network's not available for you, you can watch the ACC network. You can watch a lot of the SEC stuff if you are in an area where that's not quite so available for you. It is well worth a few extra dollars to ESPN if you can get ESPN+. Plus. I highly, highly think if you're a football fan, it should be illegal for you not to have it, for goodness sakes. But yes, I saw this one. This was a Thursday night game, so this was pretty easy to spot, this Virginia-Miami game. If you did not see it, and if you can't go back to ESPN Plus and watch it, that was where I was going with the ESPN Plus bragging. Not only can you see this stuff live, but if you miss it, you can go back and watch it anytime you want to. You just pull it up. They've got a whole section devoted to college football, and you can find hundreds of games every month, probably hundreds of games every week if I really sit here and think about it. But go back and see those closing moments of that very, very impressive win by Bronco Mendenhall's Hoos. This was a game that Virginia was going to lose. Miami was on the roll. They were down in the shadow of their goal line, with uh, of Virginia's goal line, where they could easily score a touchdown. And instead of going for maybe a touchdown in the closing moments, they went ahead and just ran out the clock. And Manny Diaz's team lined up for a easy 25-yard, maybe chip shot field goal, dead center. And the kicker hit the upright. And Virginia walks off 38-28, right, rather 30-28 victors in the game at Miami Gardens. What a This is the kind of game that will save a coach's job and it will cost a coach's job. UVA gets that Thursday night win last week. Also, week five, you had Iowa, rather, I'm sorry, you had in the ACC for week five. You had other great games going on. NC State had a close one. They played Louisiana Tech at Carter-Finley, and they escaped with a touchdown win, 34-27. Great game there at the bank, Truist Field in Winston-Salem. Wake Forest picked up the 37-34 victory, close one over Louisville. Wake is undefeated. Talk about a close one. Clemson was on track to lose to Boston College. The BC quarterback and his receivers were rocking and rolling in the closing two minutes of that one. They got down in the shadow of Clemson's end zone, and because of the incredible crowd noise coming from Memorial Stadium, especially the student section right there in that area, BC had a problem with the center to quarterback exchange. 
the snap went awry. It went on the ground, and Clemson jumped on it, and Clemson escaped with a 19-13 victory in the closing minute. Clemson, although victorious in Week 5, they fall out of the AP Top 25. Pittsburgh really stunned a lot of people. They went to Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta and walked out with a 31-point victory, 52-21 to over Jeff Collins' Jeff Collins' Yellow Jackets. North Carolina got the victory bell in their rivalry game with Duke, 38-7, and the Florida State Seminoles picked up their first win of the year, nipping out a good game, a close game against the Syracuse Orange, FSU 33, Syracuse 30. With the result of those great games, the close games and more from the ACC from the previous week, the Atlantic Coast Conference this week has released its winners for Players of the Week. And let me walk through some of these. How about the job Kenny Pickett did at Pitt? He was the quarterback honor of the week. The way the ACC does it, they essentially break it out by position. Almost, I I should say, almost. Another Pitt Panther won Offensive Lineman of the Week, Gabe Huey. Defensive back player of the week went to Trevion Reed, or rather Trevion Red of Wake Forest, defensive back from the conference of the year uh, of the week. Clemson's running back Kobe Pace won honors for ACC running back of the week. Defensive lineman went to Mandy Alonzo, and he is with the Virginia Cavaliers. NC State specialist Trenton Gill, he won the specialist player of the week. I guess he is a field goal kicker for the pack. Receiver of the week in the ACC went to Josh Downs after his North Carolina Tar Heels took care of Duke. Linebacker of the week went to John Petrishan of the Pitt Panthers. And the rookie of the week in the ACC, Justice Ellison of Wake Forest. Those are your players of the week. Now, looking at some of the statistical leaders for passing, how about the job Virginia's Brennan Armstrong's done? He leads the conference in passing yards with over 1,900 yards. Second is Kenny Pickett. Malik Cunningham of Louisville is in third place. As far as rushing for the ACC, Syracuse's Sean Tucker's got 638 yards, and that's two yards better than Mario Durant of Duke. Jashawn Corbin of Florida State's got 504 yards on the season. In terms of INTs, looking at some good defensive playmakers, Jermaine Waller of Virginia Tech is the conference leader with interceptions thus far this year. Tackles, Georgia Tech's Quez Jackson's got 49 tackles. He leads the ACC. Shaka Hayward of Duke has 48 thus far. Also, C.J. Avery of Louisville has that 48 number as well. What's on tap for the ACC for this sixth weekend of college football? A couple of teams enjoy the day off. Those teams include the Clemson Tigers. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets will be at Wallace Wade. That is a 12.30 Eastern, 11.30 Central kick between the Jackets and the Devils. Virginia and Louisville get together on the ACC Network. This is a 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Central kick from Cardinal Stadium. Wake Forest and Syracuse are on ESPN2 as undefeated Wake, ranked number 19 in the country. They kick at 3.30 Eastern from the Carrier Dome. North Carolina's back at Keenan Stadium this week and they have the ESPN mid-afternoon game against Florida State, the ACC Network's primetime game, Virginia Tech host number 14, Notre Dame there at Lane 
Stadium. That's what's ahead for the ACC this week. And one little footnote as we talk all things ACC in our ACC report each week. How about we're just a couple of weeks away from college basketball getting started? We're exactly even less than this, a little less than two months away from ACC v. ACC play. I've got your first day of ACC conference action lined up for you. Notre Dame will be at Boston College on Friday, December 3rd. And on that same Friday night, the Pitt Panthers take on a very good Virginia Cavaliers basketball team. Other games that opening weekend of conference play, Syracuse at FSU, Louisville's at NC State on December 4th, Clemson opens up at Miami in conference play, Wake Forest at Virginia Tech on that Saturday, first Saturday in December. The first Sunday in December has North Carolina in Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech. That's a mid-afternoon game on ESPN. If you get tired of NFL games come early December, you can tune in and see some ACC action on ESPN. And that wraps up our ACC report, both college football and college basketball. We're going to wrap up this first hour of the Y'all Show after this break. Melissa Rhodes is standing by, and she's got a southern accent on culture, and it's coming up next. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. southern accent here's an accent on the south from y'all.com i'm melissa rhodes the battle of blair mountain sound like an obscure civil war battle actually this was in west virginia and it happened exactly 100 years ago as part of the coal wars this battle in logan county west virginia was the largest labor uprising in united states history and the largest armed uprising since the civil war which had ended over 50 years prior The Coal Wars were a series of early 20th century disputes in Appalachia. In the Battle of Blair Mountain, some 10,000 armed coal miners who were seeking to unionize confronted 3,000 lawmen and strike breakers. Over a million rounds were fired, and the West Virginia National Guard was brought in on Warren G. Harding's presidential order. Up to 100 people were killed in the Battle of Blair Mountain, West Virginia, in 1921. Southern history, fun, and more at y'all.com. And thank you, Melissa, for that. I had never heard of that. The Battle of Blair Mountain. And it happened 100 years ago right now. Not back to 1863 and 4. No, 1921 for that one. That wraps up Hour 1. We've got a whole two hours of the Y'all Show. And why don't you stick around? We'll just kind of start the fun off in just a minute with Hour 2 of the show that's all about the South. Hey, 
Hey, this is the Y'all Show. I'm General John Rawl, CSA, Certified Southern American, and we thank you for tuning us in on podcast form or on great radio stations across Dixie. This is the second hour of the Y'all Show. We've got our barbecue barrister coming on in just a few minutes. Matt Herman is standing by. Can't wait to talk to him. It's been a few days. We'll also get him to talk a little Big 12 football before we wrap up our conversation with Matt Herman's our barbecue barrister. We also have coming up this second hour, a Southern book report. We'll go to the New York Times and fill you in on all of the top couple of books that are on the bestsellers list. All that here on y'all. 803-816-1170. That is how you can get in touch with y'all. We're going to start off this second hour of y'all with a lot of entertainment goings on from both Tinseltown and Music City, USA. We got a lot of stuff to cover here, so let me jump in before our barbecue barrister gets impatient over there and jumps in and starts talking talking cue before we're ready for him. <laughs> All right, let's start off. Have you heard the story of 90-year-old Canadian William Shatner? Is this fake news? I, I need somebody to tell me. William Shatner, according to reports, is headed to space with Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin I kid you not, that's the story. Blue Origin announced earlier this week the actor will be on the next Blue Origin flight alongside Audrey Powers, Blue Origin's vice president of mission and flight operations, also going to be there alongside someone named Chris Bashusen and Glenn DeVries. Shatner in a press release said, I've heard about space for a long time now. I'm taking the opportunity to see it for myself. What a miracle. Yeah, this guy who starred in the 1960s on Star Trek as Captain James T. Kirk says he's going to space. We wish him well. This flight is scheduled to lift off on October 12th. New Shepard NS-18 flight. It's going to take about 11 minutes for it to get up there. And we'll just have to see if he gets in touch with his 1960s character, Captain Kirk. What a story. We'll have to see if it really does go down like it says. I can't help but think when we talk about William Shatner on a show about the South, have you ever seen him in the 1962 film The Intruder? It is a film based on a 1959 novel written by Charles Beaumont. And in this movie, Shatner plays the role of a racist named Adam Kramer. And this man arrives at a fictitious small southern town in order to incite white people to racial violence against black people. Pretty amazing to see William William Shatner in a role where he's a bad guy. But it's a beautifully shot movie. They shot this in the boot hill of Missouri. They shot this in this mythical town of Caxton, C-A-X-T-O-N, Supposedly, Caxton is in the South. This was shot around Charleston, Missouri, and Sykeston, Missouri. And it's if you've ever been in those towns, you'll probably recognize this film again from the early 1960s. William Shatner stars in The Intruder. Check it out. Of course, he's been in probably a thousand films. This one, pretty neat to see if you get a chance, if you're a person who likes William Shatner especially. He does a pretty good job as a Southerner in that movie. Here's a real Southern actor, Chadwick Boseman, the late actor. 
He's being honored by Netflix with a scholarship at Howard University named in his honor, and Netflix is establishing a $5.4 million scholarship at Howard University, the South Carolina native's alma mater. The full scholarship will cover four years of tuition at Howard's College of Fine Arts, and that fine arts school recently renamed in honor of Chadwick Bozeman. So Netflix jumping into the game. Bozeman died August 2020 after a battle with colon cancer, a battle he kept quiet. The news of his death included the fact that he had been in this colon cancer fight for some time, but he never made it public. And Netflix now honoring this South Carolinian. Simone Biles has thanked Taylor Swift for her support during the Olympics. Did you realize the Houston, Texas native has a direct line into Taylor Swift? Well, she is thanking her for being a shoulder to lean on during the Tokyo Olympics. Biles will be presenting Swift the Gracie Grand Award at the Alliance for Women and Media Foundation's 46th Gracie Awards this week. And she comes out and thanks Taylor Music. In a video message, she says, I can't tell you how much I love Taylor and her music. So maybe that was inspiration. I think Biles is now coming out saying she should have never competed in Tokyo this year. The Texas native, although born in Columbus, Ohio, she's 24 years old and grew up in Spring, Texas. And did you realize Simone Biles is 4 feet 8 inches tall? Now to some country music news. Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani news. Have you heard some of this goings on? From wherever these two are located, you know, they kind of bounce between Nashville, Oklahoma, and Tinseltown. But these two lovebirds, these two newlyweds in the news, as Shelton posted a picture of himself beside Gwen, and it was a picture from their wedding day, and he did this to wish her a happy birthday. As Shelton had a caption, happy birthday to my better half, my wife, I love you. As this past weekend, Stefani turned 52 years young. They began dating in 2015. They've been together six years. What a nice tribute. And Blake, good job for not forgetting about your wife's birthday, as some of you out there might have done before. Reba McIntyre is out talking about her how her career rebounded after her divorce to Narvell Blackstock. She got divorced back in 2015. And she's telling Apple Fitness's Plus Time, Time to Walk experience about her connection to the various years of being married to Narvel Blackstop. And she talks about it. I'm not going to go into the juicy details. You just need to kind of check this thing out at Apple Fitness Plus. And the Time to Walk experience there where Reba Neal is talking about her marriage. And now she's dating Rex Lynn, the actor. And having a good time, except when she's having to abandon buildings that get condemned, evidently, as recently happened for her when she was back in Oklahoma. Randy Travis is receiving the Artist of a Lifetime honor at the CMT Artist of the Year event. And that happens October 13th. The legendary North Carolina singer will be honored with this award presented by the Ram Truck brand. The celebration will air live from Nashville's Shimmerhorn Symphony Center. And it airs live on CMT starting at 9 Eastern, 8 Nashville time. Randy Travis, who's got a re-release of his great album, 
Storms of Life, that's just come out. I think it's the 35th anniversary of that release. Some of those tracks have been remastered, and it's a beautiful album. Randy Travis, again, getting an honor. Artist of a Lifetime at this event coming up soon. Also, one other last music note here to pass along. Pistol Annie's, that includes Miranda Lambert, Angelina Presley, and Ashley Monroe. These three lovely Southerners have announced they're coming together for a hell of a holiday Christmas album, and that comes out October 22nd. So Christmas music from Pistol Annie's. If you're a big Miranda Lambert fan, I know you want to add that to your stocking real soon. We'll come back on y'all. We've got our barbecue barrister, Matt Hearman, standing by. He's going to talk a little barbecue. He's going to talk a little football. And he's going to do all that right after this quick break. Have you tried learning a new language, but it never seems to stick? That's because there's more to language than learning vocab words. Babbel is different. Babbel's multiple ways to learn helps you explore every aspect of a new language, anytime, right from your phone or computer. Practice real-life conversations in the Babbel app. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Get personalized help from an instructor in Babbel's live online classes. Classes are limited to six people. We keep them small so everyone can get the help and practice they need. Review words and phrases with fun games. Or dive into the culture with short videos. Whatever your learning motivation, Babbel gives you the tools you'll need to explore your new language. And Babbel is built around real life. Everything from the interactive lessons and live online classes to the podcasts and games will teach you things you'll actually use. So you're ready for real life conversations. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel, more ways to explore, more ways to learn. Start learning today at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. You know we just catch a little groove before the show. We ain't playing nothing slow at the parking lot party. A tailgate buzz just a sipping on suds ain't ever too early. To light one up, fill up your cup, cause I ain't no There are a lot of parking lot parties underway this time of year. We're back on the Y'all Show with John Rawl, where we cover everything Southern, from, of course, food to football. And when we get together each week with our friend Matt Hermans, the barbecue barrister, we have a unique way of mixing all of that right here together. And it's always an absolute pleasure pleasure to bring on our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans, And we're going to do that right now. And believe it or not, we have the perfect combination this week when we have him on. Because we're going to combine in this segment a little football and a little barbecue. Then in the next segment, we're going to get him to break down Big 12 football. But let's welcome back in to the show our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. Hello, sir. 
Hello, John. How are you this week? We are doing good. Thank you. How are things going barbecue-wise? Then we'll get into the football talk. <laughs> it's always a good day for barbecue. Always a good day. So uh had a nice, a nice cook this last weekend and uh, looking forward to figuring out what I'm going to cook this next weekend. Now, were so. you cooking because it was the first weekend in October? What was going on? Well, I, I, I guess I could use that as an excuse. Uh, yeah, uh, first weekend in October, uh, big football weekend. Um, but uh, I guess to tack it on, my, my daughter had her second birthday party. So Ooh. I, uh, yeah, yeah, it was kind of a big deal. So I wanted to I wanted to cater a little bit for all the folks that we had over. So uh, it was uh, I had multiple excuses or reasons to barbecue, which I don't need, but uh, I, I did. So it was uh, it was a great time. Two year old daughter already indoctrinating her in barbecue i assume she loves dada's ribs and ah. she prefers yeah she likes the uh the dry rub ribs so she 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 says they have seasoning on them so she ah. loves yeah, i'm uh teaching her uh healthy <laughs> healthy habits i guess so she won't be complaining one day when she's old old and grown about a terrible childhood my daddy never cooked ribs for me she can't say that huh? Mm-hmm. She could, I guess she could say other things like daddy made me eat ribs and I, I just got tired of them or something like that. But no, she's not going to, she's not going to miss out on anything barbecue related. I can tell you that. Well, Matt, let me tell you about a story. I'm not sure you've heard of this, but you, you like barbecue. You like ribs, correct? Yeah. You know, a little bit. Yeah. And I I think you like college football. Yeah. Yeah. I can take it. I can, I can can watch a little bit from time to time. That's true. Well, how about this story out of Blacksburg, Virginia? Have you heard what Mission Barbecue is doing for the Virginia Tech Hokies? I have not. Okay. Well, I want to get your take on all this NIL stuff anyway, name, image, likeness. Mm. Mission Barbecue is a national barbecue chain, and we're going to talk about them, get your thoughts if you know anything about them in a sec. But the Christianburg, Virginia location of Mission Barbecue has now sponsored Virginia Tech football, but specifically, Matt Hermans, they are mm-hmm. now the official barbecue sponsor of the entire Virginia Tech Hokies offensive line. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And I think um, they get paid with barbecue. That uh, that actually makes sense. I mean, if you're going to pick, if a barbecue joint's going to pick a, uh, a position on the field, I would imagine they're not going to sponsor the, you know, the secondary uh probably not even not the uh, wide receivers it's going to be either the offense or the defensive line i would imagine so and they've put a photo out on social media of all about 14 members of the offensive line of the Hokies posing on a mission barbecue truck and <laughs> and they're very smart in doing this i don't see a single one of them sporting virginia tech apparel and uh, i guess they're probably not allowed to by nil rules but they get in exchange for social media promotion. They get a weekly dinner at this Virginia location of Mission Barbecue. Is that well, a pretty good deal? Okay. Is that a pretty good trade? I tell you what, if I think if I was an offensive lineman, um, I would have, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be like, where do I sign? You know, where, <laughs> where? Yes, you like you drive a hard bargain, Mission Barbecue. Uh, where can I sign this deal? Yeah, so yeah, it sounds relatively harmless, and it sounds. It sounds like a win-win for both sides, I guess. Um, How about this? Yeah. Every Tuesday when the offensive line comes in for their weekly feeding, the cooks at this Mission Barbecue in Christianburg, Virginia, they have to prep 
45 extra pounds of meat and eight, <laughs> eight to 10 extra quarts of the restaurant side dishes. Just for this, I mean, I, I counted it up. It's about 15 guys that are part of the offensive line at VT. Yeah, yeah I can. Uh, I was, I was going to say, I think um, what <laughs> the extra meat that they have to cook for those guys is probably a, a pretty penny. But uh, yeah, you got to make sure if you're going to promise them, first of all, if you're going to get involved with the offensive line, you, you already know, you should know what you're getting into with the food. But uh, if you're going to promise these guys, you know, enough. You're going to have to make sure that you've got enough for these dudes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. And uh, and I bet there's not a whole lot left when they leave either. I remember I remember being in college, and I, I didn't play football, but I'm a pretty good-sized dude. And, uh, man, I could really hammer it back then. So do you think barbecue is a healthy thing for these guys who are offensive linemen? Big for sure. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're supposed to be big. I mean, they're not, you know, you don't want to – probably don't want to pound 10,000 calories every single day, obviously, but they have to have a, uh, a significant amount of food intake because they're out practicing every day. They're running, they're exercising, they're in the gym, uh, they're burning off calories and you want to stay, you want to stay, you want to have enough girth and enough, um, enough meat on the bones there to, to be able to push people around. That's kind of one of the job requirements. So yeah, there's, there's, and also there's certainly a lot, a lot worse things you can eat. Um, than barbecue you know you're talking about a ton of protein you got fat of course but you're talking about a ton of protein there so you know i think it's a great meal particularly once a week it's not uh you know not sitting there chowing down on junk food uh snacks or anything like that you've got some nutritional value there so i think it's great and um i'm sure the coach doesn't mind i'm sure the coach says hey listen let's check your way in uh once a week and uh why don't you go hit the barbecue a little bit harder this time so <laughs> So, I mean, does this make you envious that you didn't play offensive line now that you know that you get – I mean, imagine going into a place like Mission Barbecue and you can eat anything you want every week. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a pretty – that would have been a motivating factor back in the day, uh, maybe to work a little harder. But uh, somehow I managed to get uh, get a good amount of barbecue anyway. But right. Somehow that worked out. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool bonus, I guess, if you're going to um, – that may be a recruiting tool to uh, to Virginia Tech for offensive linemen. I think it will be. What, what's crazy, Matt, I don't know if you've kept up with the Hokies this year. They're off to a fairly good start. Had a nice opening week win over North Carolina. They've got a big game this weekend. They've got Notre Dame coming into Lane Stadium. Mm-hmm. And get this, there are two other schools currently signed up with Mission Barbecue to have this barbecue sponsorship of the offensive line, one of which is – your Wisconsin Badgers. Wow. Yeah, speaking of Notre, Notre Dame, yeah, a little tie-in there. Well, for and the, yeah. the other school, and I was just kidding on your Wisconsin Badgers, uh, the other school <laughs> would be the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and now these two barbecue wow. rivals get together this weekend. So so what? what is that? Instead of 45 pounds of extra meat, 90 <laughs> pounds of extra meat, I guess? Well, that's the one in South Bend, I guess, has to feed the Notre Dame team <laughs> traditionally. But oh, it yeah. doesn't travel? I got you. Yeah, it doesn't travel. To, I was going to say, you better start the smokers right now on Mission Barbecue. Well, again, I think they, at least in Christianburg, at the location of Mission Barbecue there, they specifically have these guys coming in on Tuesday. So probably that's gotcha. a little bit of an off day for, the, day. for, for mm-hmm. the players. And plus, if they come in there and, and load up on barbecue, they've got about three extra days to get it off of them before game day. 
That's true. Yeah, you got to burn a little. You don't. Yeah, you you can't. As great as barbecue is, you can't be rolling into a football game with a gut full of barbecue. That's true. So, uh. <laughs> all right, check it out. Mission Barbecue now the official barbecue sponsor of Virginia Tech's entire offensive line. Good luck, Hokies. We're pulling for you because you're the only Southern school, to my knowledge, that's got a kind of barbecue sponsorship going on across college football with a with, again, a company like Mission Barbecue. Now, you're a smart guy, Matt Hermans. This mm. whole name, image, likeness, which is allowing Virginia Tech to pull off this feat here this year, before this year it would have been absolutely illegal to, to do this kind of trade, although similar things probably were going on. We just didn't know about it officially. So you putting on your barrister hat for a minute, for a moment, tell me how this is going with college sports and the whole promotion deal with NIL name image likeness. And and are you a fan? Uh, well, I will, uh, I'll keep my thoughts brief. I think, um, a lot of people are going to make money. Uh, that's kind of the reason for it. I know there's a lot of agents and, and uh, people who are going to organize these these deals are going to make money. A lot of companies are going to make money. Um, a lot of businesses are going to make money. And that's the reason for it. There's no other reason for it. And um, they're going to, you know, they'll they'll sell it to you in a way that, well, these these kids are working real hard and, you know, they're not, uh, not getting anything for it, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but rest assured that uh, it really amounts to uh, corporations and companies making a lot of money. And that's that's what it always is. So, I think in that sense, it's going to go really, really well. I think a lot of people are going to make money, and and uh, you know, there's going to be a few players that uh, that cash in and probably probably have enough money to where they probably probably shouldn't at that age. But anyway, that's uh, that's probably the thing I can tell you objectively. It's going to go very well for people who make a lot of money off of it. As far as my opinion on it, um, I'm, I'm I don't like it. I'm pretty old fashioned. Um, I would probably be for uh, removing athletic scholarships altogether from college football and just making everybody a walk-on. But that is uh, that's never going to happen. It's, well, I mean, are you saying now that this NIL is the rule that we don't need scholarships? Is that what you're hinting at? No, no, no. I'm saying I, my my feelings on college athletics would probably skew in the in the opposite direction. If, uh, instead of uh, turning these guys into, you know, kind of a mini NFL. Uh, corporate money-making operation, which is what they are. I would say we could just, uh, we could fix college sports by just making everybody a walk-on. You just apply to the university. You have to get in normally like every other student, and you got to walk onto the football team. There's no athletic scholarships and there's no sponsorships or anything like that. So you just have, you kind of go back a very, very long way. That That's the way I feel about it. So I'm, a, I'm, I am on the, uh, the fringes as as people would say for sure so my opinion probably doesn't matter a whole lot but ah. uh, it's gonna it's gonna work out great people are gonna make a lot of money so you're tuning in and watching the pioneer football league each weekend is that what you're doing <laughs> no no i uh i do like watching the the schools and the universities i just wouldn't doesn't matter a whole lot who's actually suiting up for them i just like the sport and the the tradition and the schools that jab of course the fact that some schools, some of which are in the South, like Stetson, Davidson, uh, a Presbyterian College now, have all given up scholarships, and they have non-scholarship football, but they play at the FCS level just like the Ivy League does. And, you know, there's some good football played out there. You don't have to yeah. be some kind of superstar that's got some scholarship to have great football games. And I, I kind of like where you're going 
with that. We're talking with our barbecue barrister and a guy that just knows a whole lot about a whole lot of stuff. Matt Hermans is our guest here on the Y'all Show. We're going to have, speaking of football, more football talk with him in the next segment. We're going to get his thoughts on the Big 12 Conference. you got the big Red River shootout this weekend at the State Fair of Texas right there at the old Cotton Bowl Stadium. We're going to get his thoughts on that one. A couple of teams not even playing this week in the Big 12, so we got about three or four games going on. We'll get his thoughts on that. But back to barbecue, Matt. Hope you don't mind us switching back to barbecue here for a second. Have you heard of Mission Barbecue, the company that teamed up with Virginia Tech to offer this NIL deal? You know, um, I have not actually. I've never. I, it's it's not in my neck of the woods, okay. so I have not. I've not heard of it. All I right, let me tell you about Mission Barbecue. It started on September eleventh, twenty eleven. I think they specifically started it on the ten year anniversary of nine eleven, and they did this to support military, police, firefighters, and first responders. They actually, at their locations, each day at high noon, they play over their speakers in the restaurant. The National Anthem. How about that? <laughs> this okay. this chain of restaurants has grown in the last 10 years when it started to be more than 100 locations. They are currently sitting right around, let's see here, and the number keeps going up as I, as I talk. I think it's 110, somewhere around that figure. Wow. And, and it was started by a couple of guys who had some big league corporate experience. A formal, former executive with Under Armour named Bill Krause, he and a guy named Newt Newton, a restaurant executive with Outback Steakhouse, got this thing going. They opened their first Mission Barbecue in Glen Burnie, Maryland. That's the barbecue capital of the um, America right now, Glen Burnie, Maryland. How about that? Did you know that? I, I didn't know that, but now I do, and I, I actually uh, just took a little look at Mission Barbecue, and yeah, I see that it is headquartered in, in Maryland. Maryland has been rebranded. It's no longer crab cakes and football. <laughs> it's barbecue and football. That's what Maryland does, Matt Hermans. That's right. Uh, that and daiquiris. And uh, I wonder in um, wonder about barbecue crabs. That's got my mind moving a little bit. So. Could be. I don't know. But yeah, they intend to have 200 locations of Mission Barbecue by the year 2024, sir, they're definitely on the fast track. Kind of looking, if you are with me, also on their website, mission-bbq.com. They have plenty of options for online ordering and more. Hopefully their locations will kind of break it down by, uh, no, I thought they'd have nice a nice, beautiful map, and I could easily tell you where they're located. Looks like they're all over Florida. they got locations certainly in the atlantic seaboard area of the country and and kind of maybe moving westward it looks like it kind of has a texas feel but it's done in a maryland way yeah yeah there's a boy i'm I'm, i am uh, surprised i haven't uh, haven't heard of them before but it looks like they're doing great and i would love to get a chance to go somewhere and and sample their their meat wares so uh yeah they have right they're all over the place one of the things that they try to make sure they point out is they have barbecue of different ways, different sauces, different styles. They're not trying to essentially lock down and say, we're all about this kind of style barbecue. We try to have a little bit of everything. I see that. I can see that they have uh, an oak, uh, oak brisket and they have uh, pork and ribs and uh, all kinds of stuff. It looks, it looks pretty good. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty dang hungry right now. Yeah. I am too. However, if you're like me and you're on the page, and I don't mean to pick on you, Mission Barbecue, 
But with the locations they have, I don't see smoke coming out of all those locations. That, that have. So tell me how they're pulling off all this stuff, Matt Hermans. Well, that's that's my question. That was my uh, that was my thought. I wonder, I wonder, uh, wonder what their cooking method is. I'm assuming uh, typically you would have a uh, an indoor like an old hickory or a uh, southern pride type smoker uh, that is primarily heated by gas, but also slowly burns whatever type of wood you're burning. And it's like a combo between a barbecue pit and an oven, uh, but it does add smoke flavor to it. So that that's probably, that's my guess, but I don't want to guess too hard. I don't want to, uh, what do you, I don't want to speculate to put it that way, but, yeah. um, that would be my, uh, that would be my guess. Yeah. Well, the main thing about mission barbecue, and it doesn't matter what we say, they are hokey approved. And that's Mm -hmm. why we're talking about them today here on the Y'all Show because Virginia Tech's entire offensive line now with a sponsorship where they get to go in on Tuesdays and, pardon the pun, pig out. That's right. I'm looking at the one in Christiansburg right now, and I don't I don't see the offensive lineman coming in. So they <laughs> must have scheduled they must have scheduled that picture when they weren't uh, weren't there. But yeah, um, pig out for real. And I was on their website trying to dial up their menu. It doesn't easily give you the the the, the easy click over to see kind of what are some of their sides and things like that. So hey, if you're listening there, corporate office might want to make that a little easier for people. They do offer online ordering. So you can go there, and again, a big mission of Mission Barbecue is to support the troops, support law enforcement, and more. And here at the Y'all Show, we just wanted to take some time out with our barbecue barrister to talk about Mission Barbecue and what the Hokies are doing there at the Christianburg, Virginia location, as this is a very, very up-and-coming barbecue chain out of the South, arguably the borderline of the South in Glen mm-hmm. Burnie, Maryland. But still, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll claim them regardless. We will continue talking to our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans, here on the Y'all Show. Maybe there's something you want to tell us. If you do have something barbecue or football-related that you'd like to pass along to the barrister, feel free to do that. Our number here at the Y'all Show, 803-816-1170. We'll take a quick break, come right back on the Y'all Show, and when we come back, we're going to switch over and have Matt Hermans discuss what's going on with the Big 12 Conference. you got the Red River Shootout going on this weekend. We'll talk about that, and we'll also discuss other action in the conference as we hit now, what, about halfway? We're almost halfway through the college football season. All that's ahead on Y'all. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed.
We are the Y'all Show, and here on our program, All About the South, we talk a little college football and college sports. And right now, our barbecue barrister takes off his barrister hat and puts on his college football hat for just a few minutes. It might be a big cowboy hat if you're a good Big 12 fan. And we're going to talk about the Texas Longhorns, the Oklahoma Sooners. Those two teams get together this weekend in Dallas for the Red River Shootout. And the Texas Longhorns ride into Dallas on a roll. They were in the Metroplex last week and pulled off a nice win over TCU. They had not won in Fort Worth in a number of years. And they go over to Amon Carter Stadium and come out victors in that matchup. We're going to talk about the shootout. We're going to talk about about three other games going on in Big 12 play on this Saturday. But recapping what happened last weekend, Oklahoma went to Manhattan and beat K-State. Oklahoma State remains perfect. They won in Stillwater 24-14 over Baylor. Texas with that couple of points victory over TCU, 32-27. You had Texas Tech going all the way to West Virginia and walking out of their winners. The Red Raiders now 4-1 and on the season. Iowa State absolutely demolished Kansas 59-7. to seven. Matt Hermans, your thought on what happened last week? Yeah, well, you had some, you had some pretty good games. Uh, the Texas-TCU game was, a, uh, was a, a very good football game there in Fort Worth. TCU now sitting at 2-2 two and 0-1 two and, uh, and one of the Big 12 Conference. But uh, Texas looks like, I, d- I do want to talk a little bit about Texas. They look like they're an improving football team. Uh, we all remember what happened when they played Arkansas and um, you know, Arkansas has, has kind of gone done their, their thing after that, obviously the, um, the brutal game against Georgia, but uh, you know, Texas looks to be improved. They had a quarterback switch um, over to Caleb Thompson, who's a uh, more of a running threat and they've really started to utilize uh, speaking of kind of hearkening back to the, the NIL stuff, Bijan Robinson there for Texas, who signed a, a, a pretty lucrative deal with the NIL um, recently, and they're starting to use him. He had 216 total yards against uh, TCU. So I think Texas is improving. I don't know how, to the extent that they're uh, – we're going to find out how much they've improved this next weekend when they play Oklahoma. But looks to be a team that has bounced back from getting stunned by Arkansas and uh, and starts to kind of round into form here. The other game uh, that I think was interesting is, is Baylor and Oklahoma State. You're talking about a couple of ranked teams particularly Baylor being kind of a surprise that they're at 21. Now, of course they, they lost to the number 19 folks, uh, but that will, that will cause Oklahoma state to jump. Um, Oklahoma state is a team that really was, was squeaking by people at the very beginning of the season. And, and uh, they looked to kind of be in trouble. Spencer Sanders was struggling. He, he's not, uh, he's not been perfect, um, but he was really struggling earlier in the year. But that's a good win, and they're the uh, they are two and zero in the Big Twelve at this point in time. Uh, the only, like you said, the only undefeated team right now, sitting uh, sitting at two and zero and five and overall. So, be interesting to see how Oklahoma State pans out. And the other game I wanted to mention uh, was the um, the Oklahoma game. Um, you, you have an embattled. <laughs> I'll, I'll use the word embattled. I guess that's kind of a word that. I don't know. I, I hear people use when they talk about football, but you have a quarterback there, um, and Spencer Rattler. You got two. You got two Oklahoma schools. And you got two Spencers. You got Spencer Rattler there at Oklahoma. He is um, suffering. He's having some some issues there, and the fan base is is kind of uh, giving him some some you know what um, based on his play. But they he continues 
two to win. Um, 37-31, Kansas State is probably not, not a team that's going to be at the upper echelon of the Big 12, but uh, they were able to pull it out and remain undefeated at number six. And um, just as, uh, to be quite honest, just as we, we, you know, we see Oklahoma State undefeated, and I said Oklahoma State, the only undefeated, Oklahoma's still undefeated. Both Oklahoma schools are undefeated. But um, Pretty impressive, kinda, by the way. Yeah, very, very impressive. We, we don't know what is going to happen with uh, with Oklahoma State quite yet. I still don't think we know exactly what Oklahoma is going to be quite yet, particularly at the on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they did give up 31 points to Kansas State. That's not a great offense. Um, but uh, you know, Skylar Thompson there, who's been up and down for Kansas State, managed to put up uh, 320 yards, three touchdowns on that defense. So Oklahoma State's a big question mark. Um, I know they're sitting at number six. They might uh, might jump a little bit after a Kansas State game, but um, we don't know. We don't know about uh, the Big 12 right now. We don't know how Texas is going to round into form. Texas Tech four and one and sitting at one and one after getting absolutely destroyed by Texas. There's a lot going on. There's a lot that needs to be hashed out. Uh, Iowa State, for instance, started the the season at uh, in the top ten and went on a free fall, uh, but bounced back against Kansas, uh, like most teams do against <laughs> Kansas. <laughs> That's the uh, the the number one prescription for for losing is is the Kansas Jayhawks, unfortunately. But anyway, there's a lot going on in the Big Twelve, and I think at this point in time. Uh, five games in there's just more questions about uh, who's going to be legitimate and who isn't uh, than we've had before and um, I got my popcorn out ah with the Lane Kiffin reference there hey let me ask you about (laughs) what's if some of the Sooner fans are a little bit unsettled about Spencer Rattler what's the backup plan then Norman yeah so there's a I'm trying to think of the uh there's a backup quarterback there. Uh, his name is Caleb Williams, and he is a highly recruited guy. He came in um, at the um, during the last uh, game against Kansas State, threw one pass for 18 yards, uh, and completed it. But he he's a guy who came in with some fanfare um, at, at Oklahoma, Caleb Williams, and so you know it, it kind of happens when you see your starter. Uh, and, and let's not forget, Spencer Rattler came in as an extremely highly ranked guy as well. Uh, but, you know, uh, fan bases are are kind of fickle. They basically feel like, hey, this guy's not getting it done the way we want. We got another one on the bench. Let's see what he's got. And that's kind of where they're at right now. Um, you know, Rattler, again, he's we've talked about him a little bit before. He's shown some, some pretty good ability. He's clearly got some physical talent. It just has not been able to put it together. Um, but again, uh, Oklahoma is spoiled at the quarterback position. I mean, to say the very least, if you look at the last few quarterbacks to come through Oklahoma, um, yeah, you can, you can understand how they're spoiled at the quarterback position. So sometimes your, your expectations can be a little, a little, um, a little, a little crazy. So, uh, I think, I think Rattler will continue to get the starts. I think, um, I think he'll probably round into shape a little bit more as season goes on. But you got a fan base that's used to Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield and Sam Bradford and um, everybody else has come through there. Yeah, you're going to you're going to have a, a really really uh, short leash at least with the fan base. We'll see how well Rattler does this week. The Sooners down in Dallas. It's the ABC noon kickoff. Noon Eastern, eleven o'clock Dallas time. OU and Texas. The Sooners number six. The Longhorns, number 21. How close is this game going to be and who's going to win? 
Well, I'm going to, I'm going to surprise some folks. I think, um, I think it'll be close. And I, I think, I think the university of Texas is, is going to win the game. I think so too. Uh, and I think for some of the reasons we've talked about before the, uh, you know, you take the Arkansas game out of the picture and that was, um, I don't want to completely throw it out. That was a real football game and they got, they got hammered, but, um, the way they've bounced back, the way the offense has looked, and the way the defense has started to to play, it seems like the trajectory for Texas right now is a little bit better than the than the Oklahoma Sooners, who are kind of struggling on both sides of the ball. So I think it'll be close. I think it'll be good, um, but I, I'll take the Longhorns. And let's not forget, the Longhorns already with a couple of Big 12 wins under their saddle. They've got wins over, of course, TCU, but they beat Texas Tech pretty good in Austin. Mm-hmm. Yep, they did, um, and just kind of that offense kind of clicking. I feel like Steve Sarkeesian, he's always been able to run an offense. I think everybody's known that. Um, he's got other questions, but he's always been able to, to put together an offense, and I think that offense, after the quarterback change, I think it is now starting to really click, and I think Oklahoma is going to have some issues stopping that Texas offense uh, in, in a big way. Same time they kick off at the Cotton Bowl down at McLean Stadium on the banks of the Brazos on Fox Sports 1 Saturday. You can tune in. It's the Baylor Bears hosting the West Virginia Mountaineers. Your thoughts on this one? Um, This one's interesting. I thought uh, West Virginia had looked good earlier in the season. I thought Baylor was going to be a team that was going to struggle towards the bottom of the the standings in the league. But Baylor has has looked much better uh, than previously – thought and West Virginia has has kind of started to struggle particularly losing um to to Texas Tech was a bit of a surprise I think to to a lot of people and including including myself but they have some they have West Virginia has some issues that started to show in that last football game against the Red Raiders their, their defense struggles at time and their their starting quarterback Kyler Thompson can be great or he can um he cannot be so it's it's a very up and down type of offense um, and I don't. It, it's going to be a, a strange game, but I'll take the Baylor Bears. I just think they've looked better on both sides of the ball. They've been a little more consistent, and they gave Oklahoma State uh, an undefeated football team. They gave them a heck of a heck of a fight. So um, I think Baylor is kind of going to be one of the surprise teams in the conference. And I think West Virginia may be a surprise in the other direction. So um, I will. Uh, I'll take the Bears. The West Texas Championship Saddle Trophies up for grabs when those surprising Red Raiders host TCU this weekend. ESPN's got this one, a primetime affair from Jones AT&T. Yeah, this will be interesting, too. Um, th- this is a game that's always pretty good, and there's some. there have been some classics in the past. There have been really lopsided wins on both sides that have caused some <laughs> some some bad blood in the past. Uh, between Gary Patterson and whoever happened to be on the coaching carousel there at Tech at the time. But um, it's going to be it, – it'll be a game – TCU is desperate. They're going to be desperate to win. The, TCU is a team that thought they could – they actually would uh, would be in the, in the running for the Big 12 title this year. Some people disagreed with that, but they, they thought they had a – they had a second-year quarterback coming in, Max Duggan who showed some signs last year, got hurt, but uh, they were really excited about him. He's been up and down this year, but um, they expected a lot more than they've, than they've gotten out of that team so far. And people are actually starting to, uh, as fan bases do start to grumble about Gary Patterson, who's been a fixture there in, in 
Fort Worth to the tune of a statue. So, uh, <laughs> but they're starting to starting to grumble about him um, based on this season. So they're going to be desperate to win. They they they're going to go into the Lubbock thinking they should absolutely win that football game and um, the way they typically will. And uh, it's going to be tough. Um, Texas Tech was was down. Uh, it suffered a, a knockout. Uh, blow from the Longhorns and then bounced back against West Virginia in a way that was surprising and uh, showed some determination and grit. So it's going to be a tough one. Um, Texas Tech is thinking, hey, listen, let's uh, let's ride off that Texas game, forget about that, and let's move on. We're one and one in conference. We're four one overall. We're still in this thing. And TCU's thinking we're we're about to enter a free fall and and we're desperate. So you got a cornered animal and you got a motivated football team. And sometimes <laughs> those are sometimes those are really good games. They will be. And imagine if Coach Wells, Raider Red, and the Flying Tortillas emerge victorious. A five and one Raider team. Not bad. Not bad at all. And that would uh that would that'd be a whole new football uh, football season for the Red Raiders at five and one and two and one in the conference champ in the conference race. So a lot on the line for both teams. Um, so yeah, th- this is the makings of a, a really tough football game. Matt Hermans, we sure appreciate your big 12 and barbecue insight. We look forward to catching up with you again next week, sir. Thank you for having me, sir. All right. We are the y'all show again. Thanks to Mr. Hermans for being on. Thanks for all of you for tuning us in on great radio stations across big 12 country, across also sec and ACC country and beyond. We've got more of the show coming up. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll continue on with the fun as we will have a quick look at some books that are atop the New York times bestsellers list. That's ahead on y'all. If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure. Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic vitamins and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath. Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Wrapping up Hour 2 with a quick look at the New York Times bestsellers list and the combined print and ebook fiction category list. This one's been out a couple weeks. It's number one right now. Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty. James Patterson's brand new book, The Jailhouse Lawyer. It's at number two this week. Patterson wrote this with Nancy Allen. Also this week in the fiction category, Craig Johnson's Daughter of the Morning Star. It's the number three book on the NYT list. Two weeks on the list, Vince Flynn, Enemy at the Gates. It's at number four. And number five is Colts and Whitehead's Harlem Shuffle. That's been out less than a month. In the nonfiction category, Peril from Bob Woodward and Robert Costa. Brand new. This is, again, about, of course, Donald Trump, number one. Number two this week, Anderson Cooper writes about his own family in Vanderbilt. Cooper writes this with Catherine Howe, and this debuts on the nonfiction list this week at number two. Mark Levin's book drops from one to three this week. It's been out about three months now. American Marxism. Number four, brand new this week from Cassandra Peterson, Yours Cruelly Elvira. 
That's at number four, perfect for Halloween. And lastly, on the top five of nonfiction categories, Vessel van der Kolk's The Body Keeps the Score. Been out over a year now, and it's still making books fly off the shelf. We've got hour three of y'all coming up right after this break. Stay tuned. We've got a look at sports and news all headed your way on the show about the South. Final hour. Good to have you back here as we continue the fun getting through you through the week of all Southern conversation. John Rawl is my name. Our text lines are open. Just pick up the old phone. You don't even have to get the operator on the line to reach out to us these days. It's 803-816-1170. Would love to hear from you here. Got lots of fun here. We've got some sports news to start out the hour. We've got some college football news and notes. It's going to cost Kentucky a quarter of a million dollars for their revelry after beating Florida. I'll fill you in on that. And why don't the UK fans come together and have a little GoFundMe? Maybe they're already doing that. Do you want to contribute? I need to look that up while we're talking about it and see if somebody's done that and what the amount might be up to right now. That's part of our Southern sports here. We'll also got some NFL-related news to pass along, and we'll try to squeeze in some Major League Baseball as that sport in postseason play right now. Also, in this final hour of our get-together, we've got a Southern political report, some news out of Virginia, where in about a month, Virginians go to the poll to select a brand-new governor. And this is what some experts call a real harbinger of what we're going to see in 2022. Can a Republican win the governor's race of Virginia? It's been a long, long, long time since a Republican has had that position. I think you have to go back to the early 2000s. I remember the guy. I remember what he looked like. Jim. Oh, I'll have to pull that up in a minute. Sorry, I don't know all my Virginia governors. Of course, they have had a lot. The rules of Virginia say you can't be reelected. You have to serve four years, sit out, and if you want to run again, I guess you can, as we're seeing right now, as Terry McAuliffe is running for governor of Virginia, and he's a previous governor of the Commonwealth. And we'll let you know about his race with Yunkin when we get to our Southern Political Report. We also have some Ted Cruz international news as part of our Southern Political Report, and we'll have that report filed in our second segment of this final hour. We also have more headlines from across the Southeast that we'll be diving into. One of those headlines includes a fun story for a South Carolina woman. This South Carolina woman is quite a artisan, and she makes bracelets. And one of her bracelets has found its way to the arm of a lady named Jill Biden, the United States First Lady. And I'll let you know about this great accomplishment getting this out there, and getting on the wrist of the First Lady. That's coming up. We also have a historic thing that's happened at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. For the first time, an all-female guard change at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. That happened in recent days. We'll fill you in on that. And we'll also let you know, if you've ever been 
in your car and you're going through a toll booth and you're sitting there thinking, I think this is fixed. I think they're trying to get me. I think they're trying to get the good citizens of this state. Or even worse, if you're passing through a state and you think perhaps these people are getting me because I don't live in the state, they're going to charge me extra for going through this toll booth. Well, evidently in Maryland, there has been an overcharging error, and lawmakers in Annapolis are having hearings this week to talk about that, and are we going to get our money back if you've been through a Maryland turnpike and had to pay a toll? Hey, Maryland, pay up. We'll tell you about that in our headlines later this hour. Also, we'll let you know about Tennessee and Kentucky. These two states are about to have brand new releases of a dollar coin. It's the United States Mint, and they're releasing new designs for something called the 2022 American Innovation Dollar Coin Program. And they're going to have dollar coins out for Tennessee and Kentucky in the new year. And I'll do my best play-by-play of what's on the back of these quarters. Or they're not quarters, they're dollar coins. They're they're not quarters. I'm going to brag about one of the best things the United States government's ever done when I get to this story in just a few minutes here in our final hour. All that's part of our headlines and all that's right here on Y'all. Don't forget, the Y'all show is available in podcast form. You can check us out on Spotify, Stitcher. We're on the iHeart app and TuneIn Radio app. Plus, man, we're all over Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is go on there and look for Y'all Show. And for all of you Northern Americans out there who may not know how to spell the word y'all, it's Y apostrophe A-L-L space show. Y'all show. Search for it. Boom. There we are. Boom. It'll come to your podcast inbox every time we put up a brand new episode of the South's number one show. We are the South's show. Let's get into the sports happening on The South Show as we start off this final hour. And as we discussed in hour number one earlier this week, Bubba Wallace won at Talladega, his first victory in NASCAR. And he becomes just the second driver in NASCAR history who is black to win at NASCAR's highest level. He won this race after he had to go through a rain delay, he and his fellow drivers. And a race that was delayed to Monday because of weather happens Monday. More weather comes in. And Bubba Wallace declared the winner after a very brief delay. I talked about that big time in hour number one. You can go back and refer to this conversation of Bubba Wallace if you'd like. I had a lot to say. I'm not going to get into it as much this hour. But Wallace wins for the first time in 143 starts. He becomes, again, that second black driver to win as Wendell Scott won in Florida in 1963. In fact, the son, uh, rather grandson of Wendell Scott, Warwick Scott Sr., actually tweeted out congratulations to Bubba Wallace saying, you can't swim standing on the bank. Rest in peace, Wendell Scott. Congratulations at Bubba Wallace. Papa was there the whole time, chilling in the rain. I'm not sure when Scott passed away, the elder Scott that would be, but yes, Bubba Wallace, the 
controversial, if you will, Bubba Wallace, NASCAR's newest champion. And they're in the middle of some kind of playoff run. In fact, I should pull that up because I don't talk a lot of NASCAR here on the Y'all Show. If y'all want me to talk about it more, I don't mind. But it's a little confusing, especially when they start having these Monster Energy Cup playoffs that started September 5th at Darlington. I could get behind Darlington. They only have one race there at the track too tough to tame. (laughs) And this playoff run of NASCAR goes all the way through the month of October into early November. The last race as part of the playoffs is at Phoenix. So they just had the NASCAR Cup Series at Talladega Super Speedway where Bubba Wallace won. Now they're off to Charlotte where the NASCAR Cup Series at Charlotte Racecourse is held. I guess it's not at the big track there. I guess, did they have a different track? See, this is me showing off my ignorance for NASCAR. I guess RC's road course. So I didn't realize, evidently, in Concord, North Carolina, they must have a road course at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And that must be what's happening this week. Kind of neat. Didn't know that. Because I know they have at least one, maybe two big races at Charlotte throughout the normal schedule. From Charlotte, NASCAR moves on to Texas Motor Speedway, October 17th. It's the NASCAR Cup Series at Texas. That's going to be televised on NBC, by the way. So is the NASCAR race in Charlotte this weekend. That's a race Sunday starting at 2 Eastern, 1 Central. See, NBC in the Sunday afternoons does not have NFL football. They don't have golf right now this time of year. So that's why they got NASCAR on there, which is better. Hey, it's better than soccer. I am so tired of seeing soccer from somewhere across the pond on NBC. And ABC is not much better. I don't think CBS has a lot of soccer, to their credit. (laughs) So after Texas, NASCAR moves on to Kansas, where they race there October 24th. Then, man, they're in Virginia at Martinsville, October 31st, Halloween. Woo, that's going to be scary. And then they wrap up, as I said, in Phoenix, November 7th. That's a look ahead to the NASCAR schedule. To NFL news and notes, Urban Meyer. Things not looking good for the coach of the Jags. And this could change any moment. This may have already changed. But the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, Shad Khan, says that Meyer must regain trust and respect this following what Khan calls his inexcusable conduct at his own restaurant in Columbus, Ohio. This past Friday night, Urban Meyer, instead of being in Jacksonville, was in Columbus where he said he went to be with his grandkids, but instead got filmed at his restaurant in Columbus and a lady of the night, not the ones you hired, a lady during the night, maybe I should clarify, a young lady, a young, beautiful blonde lady, rubbed up the wrong way. She rubbed him the wrong way. And now videos emerging, and the 57-year-old football coach is having to apologize this week. And I'm not sure he's going to survive this thing. The 0-4 Jaguars have lost 19 consecutive games. They have not won since the 2020 season opener at home against the Indianapolis Colts. And the Jags are a sinking ship. And you just thought with Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, and others, things would get better. Well, they're not better yet. And they should have won that game Thursday night at Cincinnati. They had that game in their grasp. 
and they let Cincinnati and Joe Burrow come back and beat them 24-21. And the coach, instead of going back and looking at game film, decided to let some woman rub him the wrong way. And as a result, he may not have a job. Or if he does, he may not have a wife. He's in trouble at home, understandably so. Hopefully it only ended with the video. Let's not make too big of a big deal out of this. The guy isn't being accused of things outside of the club. But in this world we live in, where cameras are always running, and cameras are always running, especially if you're a celebrity, and especially if you're in Columbus, Ohio, and you don't even live there anymore, and it's your club. Pretty dumb decision. We'll find out what goes on with this developing story. To the NFL, the Carolina Panthers have a big game Sunday as they try to get back in the win column. The Philadelphia Eagles come to Bank of America Stadium. The question is, is Christian McCaffrey going to be suiting up in the Carolina Panthers uniform? He's been hurt, dinged up, got hurt with a hamstring issue at the Houston game two weeks back. And Matt Rule, head coach of the Panthers, saying that he will make his decision midweek whether McCaffrey is back playing against the Eagles when fly, Eagles, fly, fly south to Charlotte. If the Panthers have McCaffrey in the backfield, they will be a much better team. Chuba Hubbard, Rodney Smith, and Royce Freeman have had to come in and run the running back role for Matt Rule's ball club. Hubbard had actually 57 yards and two catches out of the backfield for 14 yards in a loss against the Dallas Cowboys, a game in which Sam Darnold had two touchdowns on the ground. Carolina lost that game to Dallas in week four, but they looked pretty good, and they looked respectable for their effort in the fourth quarter to make it more of a game and almost had a chance to have a tying score in the closing minute. To the world of NF, uh, rather to the world of college football, it seems like NFL football at times with some of the figures that come out of it, especially this kind of figure. The Southeastern Conference has fined the University of Kentucky a quarter of a million dollars and fined UK after fans rushed Kroger Field in the moments after UK picked up its first victory over Florida since 1986 at Kroger Field, previously Commonwealth Stadium. 61,632 fans watched UK pick up that big victory at home over Florida, first since Ronald Reagan's second term, and now the SEC is penalizing those 61,632 fans, of which probably 4,000 of those were Gator fans. So those 55,000 or so UK fans, y'all need to find a way to reimburse UK for the quarter of a million dollar fee as the SEC is charging Kentucky that fee for violating its access to competition area policy after fans rushed the field following UK's 20-13 to 13 victory over the number 10 team in the country at the time, the Florida Gators. UK, with that victory, moved from out of the polls to number 16. They debuted at number 16 with a bullet. Casey Kasem would be proud of those Kentucky Wildcats. Now, the SEC said that 
Kentucky was fined for a third policy offense. Its previous violation and fine occurred following a game against Mississippi State in 2018. wonder what was so big about that game. I don't know when the first one. I like this policy. I like the fact that fans have no business out on the field right after a game. And I'm mad at some schools who allow the fans to come out. Like Clemson lost to NC State a few weeks back. And the NC State fans stormed the field. And I'm sorry, Clemson had already had one loss. I know NC State, you hadn't beaten them in a long time. But you really shouldn't have gone out there. And in the ACC, to my knowledge, there's no similar plan like the SEC has for fining schools. I think it goes from maybe 10000 for the first fine to 50000 to evidently 250000 for a third fine. All done for player safety, for personnel safety. I was... Happy to see that after UK got their victory, the staff there at Kroger Field had lowered the goalposts so they didn't tear down the goalpost. That's a college football tradition that I think the athletic departments of the world have figured out. We don't need to have our goalpost torn down. We don't need to create a potential real big-time injury if we can help it. So they take those goalposts down real quick especially in a scene like what we saw at Kroger Field. But again, the University of Kentucky, you're getting a $250,000 bill in the mail from your own conference, the SEC. You know who also might be getting a bill in the mail? It's a guy named Ed Orgeron, head coach of the LSU Tigers. And his bill is, Coach, what happened? We want our money back from the millions that we pay you each year. LSU lost to Auburn. 24-19, to a game they had under control at Death Valley. It was Saturday night in Death Valley, and you don't lose at Death Valley, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, on a Saturday night. But that's what the Tigers did. And now LSU drops to 3-2 and on the year. Of course, they had that opening loss in Westwood against UCLA at the Rose Bowl. I guess that would be Pasadena. The campus is in Westwood. But LSU now is barely over 500, and they lost to Auburn for the first time at home since 1999. Embarrassment. And because of that, Ed Orgeron, head coach, Coach O, you can call him, has spoken to reporters this week, and he said, ultimately, I'm responsible for the performance of the team. I will always be responsible. He's got a lot of criticism, and he should. You don't lose to Auburn when you're supposed to be the better team, and you're at home. And LSU lost to Auburn in 2020. Something ain't right with LSU. And if they don't fix it soon, Coach O will be coach without a job, even though <laughs> shows you how crazy college football is. Just two years ago, LSU had the most amazing football season perhaps of any college football team since Sewanee with the 15-0 record and just blew out most of their opponents and blew out Clemson in the national championship game. Kentucky, by the way, is, we were talking about UK, they host LSU this weekend at Kroger Field. This is a place of horrors for LSU 
Yeah, they won in 2002 with the Bluegrass Miracle, but generally when these two get together in the Bluegrass, it's it ain't good for LSU. And LSU fans have told me, I've asked them, hey, LSU's known to be a rough place to play in Baton Rouge. So all you LSU fans, where is your roughest place to go? Where do you get attacked? Where do you get harassed? And they told me, and this is certainly no scientific data that I'm relaying to you, they told me it was Commonwealth Stadium, Lexington, Kentucky. That was the worst place for LSU fans to go. It wasn't Vault Hemingway. It wasn't Sanford Stadium. It wasn't Bryant-Denny. It wasn't Jordan-Hare, and it sure wasn't Davis-Wade Stadium. It was UK's field. I, a nice little history if you go back. I didn't realize that Kentucky and LSU played almost every year back in the good old days. It wasn't until the conference had a second realignment of your partners in 2003, four somewhere around there. That's when Kentucky and LSU stopped playing each other that much. But they were actually teamed up together when South Carolina and Arkansas were brought in. LSU played both Florida and Kentucky each year. And then they would play a rotating team from the West. And then after more teams came in and they changed the scheduling method, Kentucky and LSU just don't get together all that much. I think it's usually like every eight or nine years, and that's going to change. I I really fully believe that the SEC adding Oklahoma and Texas, they're going to – I'm going to go ahead and say 10 schedule. They're going to have a 10 conference game schedule, and I think that's a good thing. We saw them do it in the coronavirus 2020. Why not do it? Going forward, when UK, when when rather not UK, UT and OU are SEC members, and therefore you won't have to wait eight nine years to face off against a opponent. And how good is that going to be when Kentucky plays Texas in basketball? Oklahoma's pretty good at basketball. That's it's going to be good if you're a college sports fan. All right, lastly here wrapping up things. It's Major League Baseball's postseason. You got wild cards. You got your division series that starts with the White Sox at Houston on Thursday. We'll talk more baseball as we move on throughout the postseason and more. But boy, what a great intersection of sports we have going on here this time of year. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back on y'all, we're going to switch over and fill you in on what's going on across the South in terms of politics. We're about a month away from Virginians going to the polls and picking a new governor. We'll tell you about that. And Ted Cruz in the news. I'll let you know why. It's our Southern Political Report. It's coming up next and later on in the hour. More headlines from across Dixie. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. (sighs) 
For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Might be a lot of drinking going on in the Commonwealth of Virginia in a few weeks if your party doesn't claim the governor's office. We're back. It's time now for a little Southern political report. And we're just weeks away from Republican candidate Glenn Youngkin going up against Democrat Terry McAuliffe. McAuliffe, a former governor of the state, and the gubernatorial candidate Youngkin is calling for an audit of voting machines in Virginia. And that kind of echoes the 2020 election push, if you will, for results from elections around the country following President Trump's claims of fraud. Youngkin, at a Monday event hosted by Richmond Civics Group, said, I think we need to make sure that people trust these voting machines. I grew up in a world where you have an audit every year. In businesses, you have an audit. So let's just audit the voting machines, publish it so everybody can can see it. That's what businessman Glenn Youngkin is saying this week prior to November's election of Virginia's governor's office. As Virginia has a governor elected every four years, you can't be reelected. And now Youngkin echoing Donald Trump by essentially setting it up. He's setting it up that this could be a repeat if if you follow Trump's claims of the country rigging an election. And in this case, Young and saying this could be the case in Virginia. It is interesting to note, to, to my knowledge, and I don't see it planned, Donald Trump is not going into Virginia to campaign for Terry for <laughs> Maybe he should campaign for Terry McCullough. He's not scheduled to go in, to my knowledge and my sources, campaigning for Youngkin. Youngkin will get all the Trump voters, and if he's going to pull in the moderates or independents, the thinking as of now, don't bring in Trump. That's only going to hurt you. That's a strategy that may work. It may not work. Youngkin right now is pulling rather close in the polling. He's, he's within a few percentage points. Some people call this race a toss-up for the Virginia governor's seat. And it's going to be tough for Youngkin to win. This this is guy is a, a newcomer. He's going up against a guy who's a real strong man when it comes to Democratic politics. This is a guy who many consider to be a future, at least, vice president. Joe Biden could have picked McAuliffe. His Best BFF is Hillary Clinton. And there was real 
speculation that he would be her pick in 2016. Instead, she didn't go with McAuliffe. She went with Virginia's current U.S. Senator, Senator Kane. And she lost. Maybe she should have went with McAuliffe. They have a long history together. But right now, things are getting real interesting in the Commonwealth of Virginia with this race just a few weeks away. We'll keep you posted on what's going on there. Now, an update from Florida. Matt Gates was, boy, he was being grilled earlier in the year. And his buddy, Joel Greenberg, the former Seminole County tax collector, he got brought in and has now pleaded guilty to six federal crimes and a former associate, Greenberg, is of the Florida panhandle congressman, Matt Gates. And he's now asking a judge to delay his sentencing until March 2022. His sentencing date is scheduled for November 18th, but a motion filed this week asking that the sentencing be delayed so he can continue to cooperate with federal investigators. They're trying to get Matt Gates. This is what happens. Okay, let me editorialize, if you will. This is what happens when you're a Republican. This is what happens when you're a loudmouth Republican. They come after you. And they come after you any way they can. In this case, they're coming after Matt Gates through his buddy, who's from Seminole County. This is my opinion, but it always seems to be this way. And Matt Gates has been a, a loudmouth. And somehow he survived thus far. I mean, there was a watch on his resignation several months ago, and he. He's thus far survived that. In fact, he's he's even gotten, I guess, uh, boosted by his effort because a couple months ago there really was a arrest made because Matt Gates claimed that somebody was trying to bribe his family and bribe his dad, and it really did happen. Somebody did get arrested, if my memory is correct on that. They're coming after Matt Gates because there's been stories out of a federal investigation over whether Gates had sex with a 17-year-old girl. And this is all being factored into, essentially, his buddy from the south end of the state, Joel Greenberg. Don't know where this is going to happen, but again, Gates is what's been called his wingman, Joel Greenberg. He's in a lot of lot of hot, hot water. He's, he's in hot water. And again, he has already pleaded guilty to federal crimes, six of them. Matt, you better hope he doesn't call you out, and I'm sure he already has, frankly. I mean, how good of a friend are you? My only question is, Matt Gates is often seen traveling around the country these days with a fellow congressman from the South, Marjorie Green from Georgia. I wonder when they're going to try to bring her down or her associates to help bring her down. You know it's coming. You know it's coming, and I bet you not one single associate of people like Alexandria Cortez have been even thought about whether she's doing something wrong. Just throwing in that out there, my opinion. And we're allowed to have opinions, aren't we? And if you've got an opinion, hey, I want to hear it. 803-816-1170. Hey, do you have an opinion on Ted Cruz, the U.S. Senator from the Lone Star State? Well, evidently, Maybe the European Union does. Officials from the EU are mad about the Republicans' bid to block 
Biden's ambassadors? Why is the EU weighing in on American politics? I don't know, but the Republican from Texas has made a big deal out of his pledge to make sure many of President Joe Biden's national security and diplomatic nominees either don't get across the finish line or they're at least a slow walk. And that's led a bunch of EU officials and diplomats to view Ted Cruz as the person responsible for the absence of U.S. ambassadors to the EU, France, and NATO. I remember in the Trump administration, there were years, I think, went by that people weren't nominated, maybe never got nominated in some cases. So, Ted, if you're making the EU mad, I'd say keep it up. That's a good thing. The EU, Great Britain did a very good gesture not all that long ago by divorcing the European Union. So good on you, Ted Cruz. (laughs) My opinion also. We're the Y'all Show. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more headlines. We've got some, speaking of politics, Jill Biden fashion happenings. I'll tell you about that and its connection to right here in the South. All that is ahead as we continue on with our journey talking about Dixie. My doctor told me my blood pressure is borderline. I figured I could worry about it or do something about it. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. It works safely and naturally to help maintain healthy blood pressure with a custom blend of garlic, vitamins, and minerals. And it's odor-free. I'm taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Turn the quiet up, turn the noise down, let this old world just spin around. I want to feel it sway, want to feel it sway, and put some feel good in my soul. Drink a little drink, smoke a little smoke. want a little more right. Isn't that a cool sounding song? Got a few minutes left here on our fun that we call the Y'all Show. Hey, some history made in recent days in the Washington, D.C. area. The first all-female guard change at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. As this all-female guard change takes place for the first time in the 84 years of this watch happening at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier there at Arlington National Cemetery. The old guard tweeting out, On a recent autumn morning at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Arlington National Cemetery, history was made for the first time in the 84-year vigil on the 
30,777th day of continuous guarding, an all-female guard change occurred with the 38th Sergeant of the Guard. Right there at Arlington National Cemetery. That tweet coming out, and nobody knew about it until they let everybody know because they try to kind of keep a low profile. But it was on Armistice Day's 10th uh, three-year anniversary in 1921, November 11th, the unknown was placed on a horse-drawn caisson and carried in a procession through Washington, D.C., across the Potomac River, and a state funeral ceremony was held at Arlington National Cemetery's brand-new memorial amphitheater, and the unknown was interred in the tomb of the unknown soldier, and thus began the tradition there that they have there at Arlington of the tomb of the unknown soldier. Also in that area of the country, in Maryland, lawmakers are planning a hearing this week on overcharging errors, you think, at Maryland toll facilities. (laughs) An independent review found irregularities in Maryland's toll collection system, and now some state legislators in Annapolis are urging their constituents to review their easy pass and credit card accounts to make sure they haven't been overbilled. Whoa! So we got to go, if you're in Maryland, go look up our records to see if you took us, you got us. Come on, Maryland. A General Assembly committee is also preparing to hold a hearing this fall on problems with the Maryland Transportation Authority's toll collection operation. Get your facts straight, Maryland. No more overcharging and no trying to do that and looking the other way. I say shut them down. Just drive anywhere you want. I'm not a big fan of toll booths anyway. I think they're really unnecessary. And they're really unnecessary if you are in places where you know the road of which the toll is put there for, to pay for, has been paid. Fact. Fact. True fact. So not long ago, I escaped the South, which I don't like to do. But I found myself in Topeka, Kansas, and I was driving to Kansas City. That's not that far of a drive. And that stretch of highway is known as the Dwight D. Eisenhower Interstate because he, again, has the Kansas connection. And I think that was the very first stretch of interstate in the entire country between Topeka and Kansas City. So this goes back to the 1950s. And they got about four toll plazas in that roughly hour stretch of highway. And it's not cheap going through there in a car. That's the kind of stuff I get ticked off about. Kansas, how dare you? And they had a lot of potholes, too, in case you're wondering. Jill Biden, how about this story? She is wearing a bracelet made by a South Carolina designer, Natalie Holst. Is the lady, and Holst has a jewelry studio in the Charleston area called Holst and Lee, and now her great artisan work being showcased on the hand of the First Lady of the United States. And now she's got the proof to it. Yes, Jill Biden seen sporting this $125 bracelet. It's a bestseller there at the Charleston-based jewelry studio, Holson Lee. I bet you, I bet you it's going to climb to number one on their bestsellers list there at the jewelry studio in the Holy City. 
How about that story? And I don't know how Jill Biden got one of her bracelets, but uh, she's evidently been photographed sporting it around, and that's made this jewelry designer pretty happy in Charleston. Speaking of designs, as we wrap up our headlines from across the southeast, how about the United States Mint? They are releasing a design for both Kentucky and Tennessee in 2022 as part of the American Innovation Dollar Coin Program. The dollar coin for the state of Tennessee, get ready. You have to get in the right mindset. I'm going to give you a play-by-play of what's on that dollar coin that's being debuted in 2022 for the volunteer state. What do you think a picture, a great scene of Tennessee would be for this dollar special coin the United States Mint is putting out? This is not the Franklin Mint. This is the United States Mint doing this. Their dollar coin for 2022 is a celebration of the Tennessee Valley Authority. And the picture on the back of this coin is power lines with mountains in the background, a a barn and a field probably of tobacco. And that's what Tennessee's got to look forward to. According to the governor of the state, Bill Lee, He has put out a release saying the Tennessee Valley Authority's innovation has sparked growth and economic development across our rural communities. I thank the U.S. Mint for highlighting the efforts of Tennessee trailblazers and look forward to the coin's release. Hmm. Maybe that coin could be used at football games. I don't see a lot of Tennesseans going out and collecting these dollar coins put out by the United States Mint. We'll see. We'll see. Now, let's tell you about Kentucky. The Kentucky coin features, surprise, surprise, bluegrass music on the back. It's got a banjo, not the whole banjo, just mostly the circular main point of a banjo or banjer. And they got a cool looking script thing that says Kentucky bluegrass. It looks pretty neat. I give them a good pick. A pick and a grin on the choice for bluegrass. The governor of Kentucky, Andy Bashir, in a news release, he compliments the design. He says, bluegrass music is renowned worldwide as a deeply American and thoroughly Kentuckian art form arising from 1940s from Appalachia on the fleet fingers and high lonesome harmonies of icons like Bill Monroe and others. Bluegrass has come to represent the soul of our commonwealth The American Innovation Dollar Coin Program honors the trailblazers and accomplishments that continue to keep our great nation at the vanguard in industry and culture. Kentuckians long have been leaders and innovators across the wide spectrum of arts, thought, and commerce. As a state, oh, you should have said commonwealth, as a state, his words, not mine, born of the pioneer spirit, we are proud to see our commonwealth celebrated and represented in this exciting program from the U.S. Mint. This is a multi-year series that started back in 2018 and it honors innovation and innovators by issuing a dollar coins for each of the 50 states, the D.C. area, and all five U.S. territories. The tails design of the American Innovation Dollar Coins features a dramatic representation of the Statue of Liberty and profile with the inscriptions in God We Trust and one dollar. I don't know where you can get these. I guess they're already out. Maybe they're at a bank. I think I'm going to go down to my local bank and say, show me the money. Show me these American Innovation Dollar Coins because 
They've been out a few years for other states. Maybe they're going in the order of which states were entered into these imperfect union. I'm trying to quote one of those famous documents or whatever. And that would have been Delaware would have been state number one. Do you know what number your state was? I know Georgia was 13. I know South Carolina was number eight. I don't know what southern state, true southern state, was the first southern state to get into the mix. I know which state was last. Okay, enough American history studies here for you on the Y'all Show. Again, check this out and go see these designs for yourself, courtesy of the U.S. Mint. Well, we are almost finished with this Y'all Show When we come right back here, we will continue the fun one last segment. I'll kind of walk through what's ahead the rest of the week here on the show that accentuates the South. This is y'all. symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. want to thank y'all again for being part of the fun that we call y'all and we're powered again by the website that's all about the south it's y'all.com the south's homepage. what's ahead on the y'all show going forward the rest of the week we've got on the next time we get together an sec update we've got entertainment news and we've got country music news out of music city usa we wrap up the week with the y'all kickoff show a look at all of the fun of Saturday's action and General Gridiron is a big part of the Y'all kickoff show when we close out this show each week. Also, we have a look at the hunting and fishing of the South, courtesy of our fishing forecast from Craig Faulkner. A free for y'all, a great little music tribute also packaged in the Friday Y'all show. And we take a look on Fridays at what's going on movie-wise. If you haven't been to a movie theater lately, then, man, we're going to give you a real tease of what's hitting theaters in the coming days. All that's part of the fun, again, when the Y'all Show gets together, plus we mix in all of the fun festivals and events across the Southeast when we wrap up a show each week. We're wrapping up today's show right now. Again, our website, y'all.com podcast. Find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts. Simply search for Y'all Show. John Rawl signing off. Thank you again for tuning us in. We'll see you down the road. Thank y'all for listening.
If you're worried about your borderline blood pressure, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. Garlic works safely and naturally to support my blood pressure. Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula has a custom blend of garlic vitamins and minerals, so you know it works. No garlic taste, no garlic breath. Take charge of your blood pressure with Garlic Healthy Blood Pressure Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed.